along to the Man in the Mirror podcast. It's Hayden Williams here. And Man in the Mirror is a podcast where each week I talk to a male guest about self-care, self-image, grooming. We talk life, work, and what the guest really thinks about the man who looks back at him in the mirror. Now, this week, my guest is Chris Wyatt, who is the Vice President of Global Education for Joe Malone London. Chris invited me to the Joe Malone townhouse to to do the interview today. And the townhouse is in central London, here in the UK, and it's a beautiful space. I mean, it's one of the the Joe Malone London offices, but also acts as a showcase for the brand. And as you might imagine, exquisitely done in a beautiful taste. It has some great rooms, luckily, for us to to chat. So uh, we're in this gorgeous room that had this huge fireplace and... um, yeah, I felt very lucky to uh, to get to see that space today and it was, a, it was a good location for us to chat and it's always so much better to do it in person. So it was fantastic to, to meet Chris and to find out more about what his role entails as the Vice President of Global Education, which you know, he'll tell me much more about, but I guess it's about making sure that the sales teams all around the world are in, inspired and, and um, know about the, the current product range and, and make it a great experience for for customers and Chris has worked for Joe Malone London for a long time and knows the brand inside out so it was fantastic to get his insight into all things Joe Malone London and if anybody follows my um, you smell great what is it Instagram channel they'll know what a fan of Joe Malone London I am so it was, it was a real treat to get to to meet Chris and um, hear all about it and we'll talk about the, the training we'll talk about the brand we'll talk about some of the products that whilst of course they're all unisex for some of the products that work particularly well for men and we'll talk christmas now we're in november it's uh, i guess it's time to talk gifting and christmas so sit back enjoy it's chris wyatt the vice president of global education for joe malone london talking to me hayden williams on man in the mirror let's go welcome along to man in the mirror it's hayden here and i'm in London's Mayfair and I'm at the Joe Malone townhouse with Chris Wyatt who's the VP of Global Education for Joe Malone London. Hi Chris. Hey, how you doing? I'm really well, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank- nice to see you. Yeah, it's nice to be here. What a lovely location. We're in the Joe Malone London townhouse Yeah, and this is 52 Gloucester Place, it's the home of the brand. We're sat on the first floor in the drawing room. In this beautiful drawing room with, of course, products scattered around the room. There's candles and um, downstairs they're setting up because it's early November so they're setting up for Christmas but yeah it's a beautiful space and I guess you get to kind of show the best of the brand here as well as using it as a workspace yeah we really do it's a 200 year old Georgian townhouse and it gets to come and work in here every day I mean it's it's a really beautiful space we're very lucky to be in here and I just think you know for a brand that's about you know obviously fragrance and lifestyle and home fragrance how how brilliant I, I came here actually a few weeks ago for a for a breakfast, they were launching um, the, the Christmas range with with gingerbread. It was it was beautiful, but yeah, to have this sort of real life, three dimensional space where you know people can come in and yeah. experience the brand is 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 great, isn't it? What a yeah. privilege it is! It's a beautiful space. Very yeah. lucky to get to work here and get to call this home every day. Yeah, and so Chris, it'd be great to find out a bit more about you, obviously, as we do on the podcast. And I wonder, did your interest in this world of of fragrance and, and home fragrance and things like that. Did it start in, in sort of younger days? Yeah, very much so. Did it? I've always, always loved fragrance. 
one of my earliest memories is not necessarily perfume, but mm. smells. And I think smell is so closely linked to memory and emotion. Absolutely. A smell can take you back somewhere instantly. So I've always, always had this kind of passion for scent and passion for smells. Yeah. In fact, I think one of my earliest, I'd say, scented memories is baking jam tarts with my grandma. Love that. five years old. Yeah. And every time I smell a fragrance with any kind of vanilla in it, I don't care what the fragrance is. I'm a five-year-old kid again with my nan. Yeah. And it's really, takes you right back there. Oh, my God. Absolutely yeah. takes me right back there. And then... The world of fragrance is something I've always been interested in, like since I was a teenager. Probably not the nicest fragrances. <laughs> and what were, what were your sort of teenage scents that you kind of wore for a night out? Do you remember? Oh God, this is. I mean, probably in my late teens, my like my formative adult years, I would say, when I was eighteen, um, I used to wear Isamiyaki. Nice. Loved That was a really popular one, wasn't it? Super, super popular. And it always takes me back to getting the train to London to come out with friends on a Saturday night. Yeah. I used to wear Ube, which was a very, very ill dupe, however you pronounce it. Yeah, I got, I, you took me by surprise. I thought, you, I, I, would, I said dupe, is that wrong? Was it Ube? Well, I mean, I... I Where's it from? Um, it was a guy called Wolfgang Ube that... Oh, the there you go. So you go. I think it was named after him, but... I've actually, saying it wrong all these years. <laughs> the scent was super intense, but they actually did a... a Another fragrance called, they did two fragrances, All About Eve and What About Adam. And right. that fragrance, um, loved that fragrance as well. Was your route in through retail or how, how did you get into this world? In, how did I get into the world of fragrance? Yeah. Now, so I had a Saturday job in a Debenhams store when I was 16. Where was that? Shop. Debenhams Where? Reading. Yes. Many, many years ago. Um, and then I actually left that and I went to work for a civil engineer's, not, building anything. Yeah. It wouldn't let me build a single thing. But I was Were you in the office? Yeah, I was an office junior, basically making... Using your hands. Typing. <laughs> we were going back a long time. We are going back over 20 years. But then um, I came back to that Debenham store and I worked behind the Calvin Klein counter when they launched CKB. That was mm. one of my first full-time jobs in fragrance. And I went to work for, it was a company called Prestige and Collections as a account manager in... Was that like a distributor? Like a, yeah. yeah, so they were the distributor for brands like Ralph Lauren, Cacharel, Paloma Picasso, Armani. They distributed all of those fragrances and that's where I really fell in love with fragrance. Mm. I got sent on a training for Guerlain, actually, when Guerlain launched a fragrance called Champs-Élysées with right. Roger Dove, who's a bit of a legend. Yes. Fragrance world. Yeah. And the way that that man told stories about fragrance just... It mesmerised me yeah. and I really wanted to learn how to do that. So I worked in fragrance for a while and then I actually got a job with Estee Lauder as a beauty advisor. Worked there for a short amount of time. Was that sort of in... Still in Reading. In, okay. This was when, um, do you remember, I don't know whether you remember, but a shopping centre called the Oracle Centre in Reading. I, I do, yeah. yeah. I, I grew up not that far away in, ah, in so, Camberley, so... Oh, no, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well. It's only so, M3. Yeah, just down the road. Yeah. So I went to work for Estee Lauder and then I went to work for Aveda as a business manager for Aveda in Reading and did a few jobs with Aveda and then stepped into the world of education for Aveda as a regional education manager covering someone's maternity cover. I didn't know the first thing about education in retail. Right? I just knew that I could connect with people and talk yeah. and I knew how to sell product. Yeah. So I took on this challenge and ended up staying in that role for a few years. What does it mean, Chris? Um, just... For so I understand actually, yeah. but for listeners, you know, the, we talk about education, but 
is it akin to training or how, yeah. do, you, how do you see it? It's very much kind of training and development of people that yeah. work in stores. Got you. That's the primary bulk of the role that I, that I facilitate, that I sit in. So it's, it's really helping people in stores understand who the brand is, yeah. understand how to talk to our products, make them feel connected and motivated by the brand and essentially help them create really good experiences for people that come and shop in our stores. Yeah. So that's kind of in a nutshell, if you had to put it in one sentence. Got you. And then when did you end up at Germany in London? 13, 2010, so nearly 14 years ago. Wow. So I mean, worked for Estee Lauder for 23 years now. I had a little seven-year stint in makeup at MAC Cosmetics. Mm. And, then I, and was that a training as well? That was training. So it's always been in training or... Yeah, or it's, yeah it's always been in training. Yeah. And then I came to Joe Malone London 13 years ago and it's been, it's been a journey, that's for sure. It's been an incredible journey working on this brand. So I guess, you know, with that amount of experience with the brand, I mean, you must have a sort of encyclopedic knowledge of the, of, of the products and, and... I I hope so. <laughs> I would say my team have probably got a little bit more of a deeper knowledge of the products today than I have because they're very much involved in the detail of the development of all of the education materials that we develop for our team. Yeah. Um, but it's a great brand to be part of. I bet. And I, and I always find it really interesting, you know, people who, who work in these kind of roles and, and end up in brands, you know, the fact that you've spent time in retail. Yeah. So important, isn't it, to, to understand what the customer yeah. actually wants. You know, that sometimes there can be these kind of, these ideas or these products, you think, oh God, I just can't, I just can't quite see it. Or I don't know who that's aimed at. But, you know, from, from being on the shop floor and, and having that interaction with, with real life customers and knowing what their sort of pain points are or knowing what, what things get them excited, that must have really helped you inform this, this role and your, and your journey as an educator. I think so. I think if you look at it, like, Brands always do a lot of market research and rightly so want to understand who the customer is, yeah. what they're looking for. But I think the best market research you can do is go and spend a day in store talking to people who are buying your product. I think having that connection with people that do that every single day gives, gives anyone that works in a training function a different perspective on how to speak to a brand and how to speak to customers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now the role is a global one. It is. So that means you you look after the the sort of education function for for the whole world. Yeah. So my team that sit in London develop all of our education materials for the I think it's seventy two countries or thereabouts that we retail in now. And then we have teams of people that work in different regions that support um, support our different markets. But yeah, it's very much a global role. Um, so it gives you a lot of challenges in terms of making things relevant for all of the different types of customers yeah, shopping. Because there'll be sort of cultural nuances, presumably, and, yeah. and different products that work better in different places. Yeah, different trends in different regions yeah. of the world, ways that interact with brands are slightly different from country to country, but the essence of the brand always remains true. Like the story that we tell of who we are as a brand mm. is something that I think people fall in love with when they buy into Joe Malone London. So mm. we have to make sure that people in store are able to to understand this brand and then humanise the language, turn it into something that you would say to someone when you're speaking to them in a way that's relevant to you and the, the customer that you've got in front of you. It's so important, isn't it? And we, we talked a little bit before we started about, you know, as a, as a man sort of entering entering any of any of these yeah. kind of shops, what role do you think the, the sales assistants can have in, in making men feel comfortable in, in Joe Malone and, and sort of 
helping them kind of explore the range and, and find out what works for them? Because it can feel intimidating, can't it? It can. I mean, you walk into a store and there's a lot of fragrances to look at. So you yeah. instantly think to yourself, where do I start? Yeah. So I think our employees, we call them stylists or storytellers. They're the best storytellers that we have. Yeah. Are there to help you make a connection and help you find something that's right for you. I mean... A lot of people don't necessarily realise that the brand is and always has been a brand that sees fragrance as unisex. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Definitely. Definitely. So so th there's nothing that's off limits when you go in. It's not like you're, you know, I don't know, if you're a guy, you're at a certain makeup counter and you, you know, obviously there's makeup for men and stuff, but yeah. you think certain things aren't for you. But yeah, nothing's off limits, right? Nothing at all. And I think if you look at where fragrance dates back to. Fragrance has always been a unisex offering. Yeah. It's been a unisex concept. It's kind of modern marketing over the years that's made us think that flowers are more feminine or woods are more masculine. But I think there's a huge trend at the moment for men to buy into fragrances that, that they like. Yeah. There's not necessarily any rules around what you should and shouldn't be wearing. The beauty of our brand, the beauty of Joe Malone London is you've got a range of several different fragrances that are relevant for everybody. But we're just starting to look at those fragrances that men tend to gravitate towards more naturally mm. and help men understand that these fragrances are for them. So there's some great fragrances that we have in, in the brand that have a slightly more masculine tone in their kind of olfactive profile. Yeah. But they're, they're ideal for men. So yeah. we can get into those and talk about that. Definitely. And I would, we'll talk about that in a bit later. But I think it is interesting, isn't it? Because actually... Everything can work for, for both genders, but I suppose it's that thing of your retail staff kind of helping guide yeah. men along the way and say, you know, just yeah, yeah and, and, and sort of narrow down yeah. things that they like, I suppose. Yeah. And I mean we we do that for you already. Like if you if you look on our website, you can see that you can find fragrances that men prefer. Mm. We've done collaborations in the past with people like Huntsman, a tailor from Saddle Road. They're so good. That they range is great. Four fragrances. Yeah. Masculine in their time, they're great fragrances. But we have one signature fragrance that we feel is is the perfect fragrance for men. If you want to dive into the brand, and that's a fragrance called Cypress and Grapevine. It's an incredible yeah. scent. I don't know whether you. I have smelled that. It is, yeah, it's a really good one. I mean, I think that there's there's so many of the Joe Malone ones that, that I love and work for me. I love Assam and Grapefruit from that Huntsman range, yeah. and there's the. English oak and hazelnut. English oak and hazelnut's got a beautiful roasted oak extract yeah. in it that is just incredible. And that green hazelnut gives it this kind of verdant quality that makes it feel super, super masculine. Yeah. And even, I guess, some of the, the classics like lime, basil and mandarin. I mean, the, the, yeah. that kind of spritzy, fresh brightness is going to work. Anything that's a citrus fragrance, men tend to love because it's got that energising, yeah. clean, crisp scent. But yeah. Things like cypress and grapevine are just, for me, I'm wearing it today. I love yeah. And there were, I, I last year went along to, or maybe it was early, God, I think it was earlier this year, the relaunch of um, that range that was more cologne, cologne was yeah. more intense, exactly. Yeah. And there's like Myrrh and Tonka. Myrrh and Tonka, Uden Bergamot, Cypress and Grapevine, all fragrances that have kind of deeper resinous notes in yeah. the base, but have something that's kind of fresh and gives crispness and clarity in the top, which yeah. makes them ideal for men. And they've worked really well, haven't they? Oh my God, incredibly so, incredibly yeah. so. Well, we're going to talk a bit more about the range later. But yeah. as always, I'm interested in your own sort of routines and, and, and products that you use. I wonder what you use in, in your morning routine, Chris. I mean, how long have we got to talk about <laughs> this? Because I've, like, I've always been interested in fragrance, but I've always been interested in skincare as well. But if I was looking at my morning routine, 
my skincare routine in the morning, I try and keep it super simple right. in the morning to make it easy and to make sure I stick to it because... That's important, isn't it? Is there something that you can actually keep going with? Yeah, I always oversleep, so I need something <laughs> quickly in the shower. So I use a, um, do you know the Ordinary? Yes. I use the Ordinary Foaming Gel Cleanser. Right. They're really good value, aren't they, that, oh that range? God, incredibly so. Incredibly Compared to, so. you know, with the, the quality of the ingredients that yeah. is in that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible product. And that, that cleanser, I find just, it gives me like a fresh face to start with because I have really oily skin. Yeah. Which is a good thing because I think it, it kind of keeps you young looking. It keeps you young looking <laughs> for longer, but it can be challenging and she starts to get a bit shiny throughout the day. Yeah. So I find my skin gets quite dull as well and yeah. I look quite tired. So I actually use the La Mer, I need to get the name right of it, the La Mer um, Micro Peel Essence. The It's like a serum exposure. Okay. You can use that every day. I use it in the morning mm. and then I put a moisturiser on top of it. So I go right. use a La Mer moisturiser. I tend to use, they've got a gel cream, a cooling gel cream. Yeah. So good. That's beautiful stuff. Have you tried it? I, ha I haven't tried the gel cream, but I know some yeah, of the La Mer it's products. And, it's, and it just kind of cools your skin down as well, yeah. which is nice because I sometimes get a bit red. Yeah. And then I use an SPF on top of it. I've always used an SPF since I was, God, it was about 20. So. Have you? Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm kind of late to this, but I'm glad I'm doing it now. Yeah, I tend to use an SPF 50 every day because I need a really good SPF 50. You just whack on and then you're good to go. And it starts me looking shiny throughout the day. So have you found one that doesn't give you... Because, again, I, I started using SPF and I found that sometimes I was just ending up, because I'm quite oily as well, just yeah. ending up looking more greasy at the end of it. But I found a, one that's kind of La Roche-Posay, one with sort of um, oil... Control. Oil control, yeah, yeah, which was great. And, and that was a bit of a revelation, but is the one that you use kind of doesn't give you any more shine? No, not at all. I just find it's got it's got like a almost like a beigey kind of tin. It's not right. it's not like a coloured product, but it almost looks a little bit beigey. And then when you put it on, it kind of mattifies the skin and doesn't great. reflect any light yeah, on your yeah. face. So you don't look as though you're super, super shiny, oh, that's which cool. is great. And then at night, I um, just add in, you know, advanced night pair. Yes, say Lord, yeah, serum ever. Used that since I worked for Estee Lauder years ago. It's a great product. So I add that into my routine at night with an oil. Funnily enough, I use an oil before I sleep. Yeah. So, I don't mind so much at night because then it's. <laughs> well, no one's going to see me. It doesn't matter whether I look shiny or not. No one's going to see me. But yeah, I love skincare. And yeah. then from a fragrance perspective, I know it sounds boring when I've got this world. <laughs> the world order I can use. Yeah. But I always use a shower gel called El Grand Cucumber, which is one of our fragrances, and use that. I love it. Yeah. Refreshing. I put it in the shower first thing in the morning. And then with my fragrance, I really tend to experience. You mix it up. It depends on my mood, you know. Yeah. Depends on my mood, what I'm wearing, what I want to smell like, who I'm meeting. I tend to mix up my fragrance for all of those things. So now it's, if it's early November, you know, getting. Well, at the moment, it's horribly rainy, but it's, yeah. you know, it's getting colder. What, what did you go for today? So you mentioned myrrh and tonka. Yes. Love that fragrance yeah. base because it's got this creamy, rich, almost gourmand vanilla note. Mm. I mentioned vanilla earlier, so mm. love it. But today I actually went for Violet and Amber Absolute, which is... Oh, I don't know. That it's a fragrance that we made, ooh, I forget how many years ago we made that fragrance, but it was designed with kind of Middle Eastern-inspired ingredients. Right. It's got this beautiful violet note in it with a rich, deep amber. Oh, and I've spritched my cypress and grapevine on top of that just to... And a little bit of layering. Yeah, a little bit of fragrance layering and customization just yeah. to soften the femininity of the violet and amber. I find cool. layering cypress and grapevine on top of it gives me a fragrance that kind of uniquely me, you know, nice. creates something that smells like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a twist. 
I'm always, I, I should embrace the, the layering thing. I always get a bit nervous. I don't know, this, this thing, oh, I'm going to get it wrong or I'm going to create some yeah. unholy mess. Yeah. But as you see, you know, you just try it out and just find something that, so, that works. Like so many brands are talking about send layering. Yeah. We've always spoken about it since we started the brand. And do you find that anything can go with anything in terms of germline? We you actually think? design our fragrances like that. To you. So every scent we design is designed to be layered on top of each other. Yes, there are some that work better with each other than others, but... Um. You're not really going to make a mistake if you want to experiment with customised new mm. And I think the beauty of it is everybody wants to smell unique. Yeah. You know, when I started in fragrance, it was kind of CK1 and CKB. You know, CK1 was the scent of the 90s. Oh, my God, totally. Everybody smelled like... Yeah. Now people want to smell a little bit more unique and kind of express their personality through fragrance. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of our senses. They allow you to do that. It's just a thing you're right. Answer my own question in that, you know, it's fragrance. Like, there's, there's, you know, what's the worst that can happen? It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. I, don't know. I don't know. I should, I should get more involved. I'll, I shall try layering some more Joe Malone products. And what about um, the grooming side, Chris? Do you, do you leave a bit of stubble there? I what do you do with shaving? I look about. I mean, I don't sound big headed, but I don't think I look my age anyway. I look about 12 when I shave. <laughs> but the problem is I can't actually grow a beard. I've got like... So is it patchy? It's a little bit patchy, so I just have a little bit of stubble. So I've got one of those, um, you know, just the Philips one yeah, like blade the, things yeah. that I use at home just to trim down my beard every couple of the weeks. I need to do it. I don't mm. need to do it any more than that. But I like it because it just... Um, it, just it suits you though, though. Thank you. But and I find it adds a bit of, you know, sometimes when you're fresh shaving, my face looks a little bit round. Yeah, I find adding just that little bit yeah. of shade. I don't think so. For, for me, it definitely the the beard is a, is sort of covering a multitude of sins. <laughs> Something about it is, well, gives a bit of shape, doesn't well, it? And it kind yeah, of pushes your chin up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and do you have certain things you put in your hair? Yes, I do. So I've recently grown my hair. I had an accident in lockdown. My husband was cutting my hair for me and slipped with a razor, so oh. I had to shave my head. <laughs> Did you go full, full Kruger? shave did you? head? It looked... How, was, how did that go? Do you like it? Uh, I kept it for a while because it was easy, but yeah. I wouldn't say I liked it, so I've been growing... You've got head. a good-shaped head underneath the head. Uh, mm. <laughs> I mean, I would kind of... I would, I would argue that. I would argue that. Um, but I've been growing my hair since, like, January. So, yeah, there's quite a few products that I put in my hair. I use, like, got quite fine hair. Mm. And I, if I wash it every single day, I wash it like every second or third day. Because if I wash it every day, super fluffy. Yeah. So I use, um, a, it's almost like a powder. Oh, okay. Um, from um, KMS. I use a KMS yep. powder just to make it feel dirty. Yeah. Sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I know what you mean. To make it feel dirty. Yeah. You don't want it to be sort of fly away. No, no not at all. And then I use um, just like a wax from Bumble and Bumble. Okay. Called Sumo Tech. Which just put a little bit of that in damp hair and then just leave my hair and kind of, I like the way that it looks. It yeah. stops it looking kind of fluffy, but doesn't look too like, you know, sometimes you look like you've got hair like a stick where you put too much product. Yeah, yeah. I don't like my hair. And how often would you go to the hairdressers? How often do I go to the hairdressers to get it cut? Probably every three months at the moment. To you. I go and get it cut. Is there a certain place you like to go? My friend actually comes. Oh, does he? Does it for me. He comes around my house and does it for me. Oh, that's good. He does a colour in it as well if I want. So. Yeah. Yeah. But if not, there's um, an Aveda salon on Holborn that's a really good salon. There's mm. really good stylists in there. But Great. I have a trip into town because I live out of town and I don't get my hair cut when I'm at work. So yeah. Do it on my day off. So, and obviously, we're, you know, we're now in November. 
it's coming up, you know, we've got through... Um, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, when this comes out, I think Halloween will have gone. Yeah. We've got fireworks. And then I think we can officially feel excited and, and Christmassy. So what's what's so, Joe Malone got for I mean, us this year? I mean, I saw a giant gingerbread man. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. we've gone full on. It's so, it's so amazing and it, it makes you feel so Christmassy. Ginger and Fairy spice. tale kind um, of thing. Gingerbread land is the inspiration for yeah. Christmas for us this year. Every year, I mean, everything we do has a story behind it, but every year we have a huge story for Christmas and this year's all about all things like Christmas spices, like ginger and nutmeg, and yeah. all of those kind of spices that you'd find in... The, the cologne's great, though, isn't it? The ginger biscuit cologne. Yeah. Have you tried it? Yeah, I have. It's, it's so good. And it's not over... It, I guess you, you don't want to sort of go around smelling of... Of gingerbread. Of gingerbread, or, you know, too kind of yeah. sugary and icing sugary, but it's, it's not as sweet as perhaps it might sound. No, I mean, it's not. It's almost got this, like, caramelised, yeah. buttery note in it that makes it... Whenever I wear it, I just constantly smell it myself. It's one of those things. Eat your hand. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or lick yourself and just love the smell of it. But it's one of our Christmas heroes. So we bring some scents back every year. There's excitement around them. So that's a great gift. It comes in a home candle as well that you should try. Yeah. And we bring back things like pine and eucalyptus at Christmas that smells like Christmas morning. Yeah. So got every gifting option covered for Christmas. There's some great gifts if you go and... So it's all in all in store now, I guess. Very much so. It's been in store for a few weeks and the yeah. return of the Joe Malone London Advent Calendar, which, yeah. in my opinion, is the best Advent Calendar out there, but I would there's say... Some, there's, some com there's some... Com I mean, there's some competition now, isn't there? It's a big... It's become, over the last few years, a, a really big thing. Like, all the big beauty brands are yeah. sort of in that space of beautiful little things. Yeah, hugely so. And I mean, we do a great job every year of creating this beautiful stage for the products to sit in with the advent calendar. And it's yeah, it's a beautiful advent calendar this year. And um, yeah, I've already had my mother-in-law asking me for this. <laughs> and so talking about the, you know, the, the, the retail experience, which, you yeah. know, is a big part of what you do. I wonder how, you know, that sense of sort of theatre, you know, now brands are about you know, immersing yourself in the brand when you go in the store. Do you, is there a challenge in, in trying to sort of, re, if you can't get to a store and, and, you know, you like to shop online, is, is there a challenge, do you think, with beautiful gifts and in this world that's so tactile and, yeah. and, and olfactive and beautiful, you know, how does that work with the site, do you think? I think that's a very good point. I mean, we can't smell anything online <laughs> yet. Yeah. Who knows, one day maybe there'll be... AI will get onto it. Yeah, some sure we'll figure yeah. something out. But I think the stories that we tell online are so important for people to feel as though they understand what the fragrance smells like, where it takes them, what kind of mood it creates. I think the beauty of Joe Malone London is the gifting side of the brand. I mean, buying yeah. a gift online, you can we make it really convenient. You can yeah. buy a gift for someone, have it wrapped, have it sent to them, even with a gift card on it. So it's it's easy. We yeah. make gifting easy. But I think for me, when I look at like online versus in-store, a lot of people research online before they come into store or they use online to understand a brand or online is very much about utility and yeah. making it easy to replenish or buy into something new. The in-store experience for me is where a brand comes to life. Yeah. You go in, you experiment, you play, you get some time, you spend time there. Yeah. And you get to understand a little bit more about the brand when you go into a retail environment, but it's down to the brands as a challenge to make sure that we give people a reason to come into our stores. And I think... That's what I think retailtainment or retail theatre or whatever you want to call it is so, so important. Yeah, I guess that's part of your your role to make sure that, you know, as I enter the store, you know, I'm, I'm 
welcomed and, yeah. and I get you know I, I get this full full-on experience yeah I mean there's a huge amount of training that goes behind what our teams do in store mm. for me the most important thing is for our staff to connect with our customers to make them feel valued and welcomed in our stores and to help mm. guide you through the brand and help you discover what's right for you yeah. it's almost like greeting an old friend being yeah. a really gracious host when someone comes into your store and making them feel comfortable but oh, that's really nice God, I'll give you a reason to come into store and it's got to be an experience that, that makes you want to come back again Yeah, you know we're selling emotion we're selling stories fragrance is all about emotion memory and stories so we need to make sure that we connect with it in, in a very very engaging way when you come into store and it is, it's, you know, obviously, but it, it's a multi-sensory thing, isn't it? You know, there's beautiful things to, to look at and smell. And yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's definitely kind of rewards going into, going into store. I think so. I yeah. think so. I mean, I think it's, um, when you come into one of our stores, it almost feels like a, a break from the chaos of shopping and retail in an environment yeah. that looks beautiful, smells beautiful, and makes you feel great when you leave. Yeah. Although, as you say, you know, talking about online, Again, as as a gifting thing, it, it, I think we're very good at making it easy to curate and, and find something. So there is, you know, yeah. if you're buying gift for a partner or a, yeah. a male, it's it's all there, isn't it? So. Yeah, I mean, we can we can help you go into as much detail as you want to when you come in to buy a gift. It can be something that we say, right, you've got fifty pounds to spend. You're looking for a man. This is what you want to go for. Yeah. Or we can make it completely custom, depending on the person that you're buying for. So I think that's the beauty of the brand mm. is. All of our gifts are kind of custom-made gift sets. Yeah. You know, they're, they're something that you can come in and you know that when you give that gift to someone, they know that you've thought about what's going on. And it's going to go down yeah, well. Very much. And, I, I, yeah, that idea that everyone's welcome. I think that's important, isn't it? Yeah, very much. Yeah. You know, another thing on, on, on the podcast is to, as the name suggests, it's, it's Man in the Mirror. So I'm really interested in in the guest's sort of view of themselves and that, yeah. that kind of perception thing. So I wonder... You know, when you look in the mirror when you're doing your morning routine, Chris, what do, what do you think about the, the man that looks back at you? Well, if you'd have asked me that question 10 years ago, you'd have got a very different answer. I've got more comfortable really? with myself what, as I've got older. Right. Were you less keen on yourself then? Were you harder on yourself, do you think? I was very much harder on myself when I was younger about the way that I looked. And I think there's... I felt there was a lot of pressure to look a certain way. Hmm. You know, like... You always want to be taller. You always want to have more muscles. You yeah. always want to look like him. You always want to have better facial hair if you can grow it. Yeah. You know, so I was very good. And you end up sort of focusing on the, the negatives, don't you? Yeah, and I, I, I let the negative voices in my head kind of shout very loudly when I was younger. Yeah. You know, like that that negative self-talk that I think a lot of people have. Yeah. And, you know, as you get older, you learn to not listen to it as much and realise that, it doesn't really matter what other people think of you if you feel comfortable about yourself. And I mean, it's a work in progress. I think it is. Yeah, everybody, I think. I think you said it exactly right. It's, it's, it's finding that finding that sense of being comfortable in, in yeah. yourself, isn't it? And, yeah. and sort of worrying a bit less. And I, I, I definitely think that. Comes, I mean, I'm older than you, but I think that comes with a bit of age, doesn't it? I yeah, think it just doesn't. I'm starting to give less of a shit about. In my thirties, I was my twenties and thirties. I cared massively about what other people thought of me. And yeah. Not so much now. Um, it's taken a lot of work to get there, you know. It's taken mm. a lot of work to get there around kind of dealing with my own insecurities and my own mental health to make sure that I feel comfortable enough in myself to, yeah. to, to feel comfortable enough in the world, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, it does. And, and, and funnily enough, you, you know, we, we, again, we touched on it before we started, but, and I, I've seen this in, in some of the, the, the posts that you do, but mental health of both 
the, the work that you can do, for, yeah. you know, in in for, for everyone else in, in the outside world, it's it's a really important part. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily realise that we have our own mental health charity. Um, right. We we raise money for it through the sale of charity candles. Yeah, so that happens once a year. Uh, the candles, we... The candles come up. We launch yeah. one maybe once a, yeah. once every 18 months, but the candles are always on sale in certain right. trees. But it all started from this idea that we have different values that we have as a brand. And one of our core values is kindness. Yeah. And we actually have it kind of as a business goal for our for our teams. Really? Us. Yeah. So how we integrate kindness into the way that we interact with each other. Is that a difficult thing to, I mean, it shouldn't be, but is that a difficult thing to actually kind of, um, you know, thread into the sort of daily work and to kind of codify somehow? Um, it, you would think it could be quite difficult because it seems quite abstract. Yeah. Like yeah. Saying kindness as a business yeah. goal. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a, you know, of course, that's yeah. what we should want. I mean, it's what the world should want, really. Yeah. Where everything, everyone's a little bit kinder. But, you know, we've done work over the past year. We've just launched our own mental health foundation, the Shining a Light on Mental Health Foundation. Amazing. We just signed a partnership with UNICEF to work to help young people living with their own mental health challenges. And so does, it, does it donate money to that? Yeah, we, we made a donation to UNICEF. I believe it was around, we made donations of around $2 million in a commitment over the next right. two years. So it's, it's a sizable sum of money that we've committed to donating to help younger people dealing with their own mental health challenges. Right. We did a lot of work internally as well. I mean, personally, the brand have supported me massively when I, I was struggling with my own mental health mm. last year and I was offered counselling through work and support and all the time that I needed to deal with my own, my own kind of mental health and anxiety issues. If, yeah, that's great to hear that it's not just kind of something that feels like, you know, a kind of... A, an idea that's all about kind of you know whitewashing, and they actually they're actually kind of no, looking it and talking it, and, and with with the staff. And to have a brand that we're able to to have it to feel supported by my employer when I was going through those challenges made it a lot easier for me to talk about. Yes, yeah. I think sometimes it can be a little bit isolating trying to talk about your own mental health and things that are going on for you. Yeah, um, to, to feel supported at work gave me that's great confidence to be yeah. careful about it. And it's something we know we've definitely covered on the. The podcast before, but men sweeping generalisation, but but men aren't always as good at actually kind of raising a hand and saying I need a bit of help here, and you know yeah. we're getting better at it, I think, and you know more more voices, you know people like yourself, to, you know talking about it and being being honest, but that, that can only be a good thing because it, it'll help other people, and you know this idea of just sort of you know just keep calm and carry on is that's not the best way, is it? And we know that. Oh, at all. I mean, keeping it in your head is one of the most probably damaging things you can do for yourself is keeping your own thoughts in your head. So having people that you can talk to about mm. things and a network of people that you can reach out to and support is is the first step to being able to deal with any of those things that you've got going on. I mean, yeah, it's important not to be ashamed or not to be afraid. Yeah. Well, I'm really pleased that it sounds like you're in a, you know, in a, in a good place. I am. Yeah. All right. That's good. good. Yeah. That's good. And And... I wonder what, what are the things that make you happy? Uh, what are the things that make me happy? Um, apart from jam tarts. Apart from jam tarts and too many cakes. <laughs> me, I'm not my happiest when I get to spend time with my husband at the weekend. Yeah. When we go on holiday time. To what stuff do you like? 
doing in your free time? You... We do a lot of walking. Do you? Like, we live just outside of London. Um, we've got like the North Surrey Downs near us, mm. and like hills and beautiful areas to walk in and just walking around, talking, spending time together is yeah. really important to me because we both work really hard. Yeah. We don't really see each other through. What does your husband do? He works in a hospital. He works does he? In service, yeah. So he's on. Oh, that's full on, right? It, it is full on. It is full on. So for us to have that time together to connect and just just downtime, just being outside in nature, mm. I think is... Um, is it the two of you or do you have a... Do you have a dog that you can take care of? I've got two cats, so I can't really put <laughs> on a lead. And I've have been, this vision of you with a, you know, with I a mean, dog. I've been, I've been trying Come to get on. a dog for 20 years, so we're going to have a conversation one day. Is he resistant? Um, not so much now that he's working <laughs> closer to home, but I'm still working on it. So, yeah, ask me that question in a year's time and I might have won that argument. Oh, I hope but Yeah, so. I think time with family is important just to yeah. disconnect from the craziness of... Yeah. Of life, of working in London, of the busyness of it all, and just to be able to switch off is... Yeah. And I guess with, you know, with your role, it being a, a global function, yeah. there must be so much where you're either travelling or pulled yeah. in, you know, whether it's sort of virtual thing or actually you must have to be out, out there uh, and, and yeah. travelling the world. There's right? a lot of travel. I mean, it's been incredible. Do like, you like that? Um, yes, I do, because I get to visit some places that I never would have imagined visiting if yeah. I wasn't doing this job. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Seoul, which is... How was that? An incredible city. I love it there. We've got, um, yeah, a really a really nice business there, a really nice team over there. Yeah. I get to get out and meet people, and I get yeah. to see people from all of these different places. I've, I've launched the brand... Well, I've opened stores for the brand in many, many different countries, but I'm at a point now where the travelling's kind of... It does get a bit much sometimes, so it's nice to be able to disconnect and switch off from it. Yeah, but it must be—it must be a real joy and very rewarding to, because it is—it's it's, we're dealing with products that bring bring joy. But it must be that you know, that thing of connecting with other people that have those same passions, whether it's you know in a professional way in the, in the stores or, yeah. or customers that come in. How great to you know have that thing that kind of unites you as you as yeah. you travel the world. I mean, I mean, going into store and talking to customers and seeing their genuine, genuine love for the brand is consistent from country to country. Yeah. And you can almost see it even if you don't speak the language. Yeah. You know, if you're in a country yeah. you don't That's speak true. the language, you can see the smile on people's faces yeah. when they're smelling the product and buying the product. But the thing that always makes me feel the most connection to my job and the most motivation from my job is when I see our people in stores enjoying what they do. What, the, the staff? Or the yeah, yeah, our staff. Our staff in stores. When you see how passionate they are about the brand, I've not seen it in many places. There's a true connection mm. to people that work for the brand. They are Joe Malone London as far as they're concerned. Yeah. So it's really, really powerful to see that connection for people that work in retail. Yeah. And uh, it's funny that you're talking about the the kindness sort of ethos of Jermel and London. The emails are always like super polite, but there's always a, such a friendly tone. And, it, yeah. and it, I guess it, you know, it must be something that's sort of part of, I don't know, part of the training, but or they just pick brilliant people. But um, there's such a lovely, warm tone to people and there's a real consistency across the people I, I deal with at Joe Malone. So I think it's a mixture of both. I'd yeah. like to think that we pick yeah. the right people. We pick people that are passionate for what they do and passionate for other people. Yeah. And then we give them the support they need to be able to be strong at what they do in their jobs. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it's it's a job like any other and I'm sure some days are, are better than others. But you'd hope if, you know, you get to be in environments like this in the townhouse or, or in one of the stores dealing with products that bring people a lot of happiness and joy, you'd, you'd hope it kind of makes you that kind of, that's infectious, isn't it? It makes you feel good. Absolutely. And you think you spend what? 
a huge portion of your adult life at work. Yeah. You may as well enjoy what you do. And we're lucky enough that we work for a brand that we all adore working for. Well, that's good. Um, like you said, in this beautiful environment. Yeah. And what's um, in terms of looking forward to next year, and I guess, you, you know, you get to see obviously what's what's coming out for the yeah. brand and, and new launches. What, what sort of trends are you seeing in, 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 in fragrance and gifting for, for next year? Is there certain, certain things coming out that we should be looking out for? Yeah, I mean, I can't say too much about no. what's coming out, but there's, we've got, I mean, we work kind of two years ahead. Right, this is that far out? Really far yeah. ahead. And there's some incredible, incredible fragrances that are launching next year. Great. There's two in particular that I'm thinking of. There's um, two fragrances that are launching next year that have got a very unique twist on... Quite a traditional, well, there's one in particular that's got a very unique twist on quite a traditional ages-old ingredient. So right. one to look out for. I think that's a trend that's happening in fragrance at the moment is there's these fragrances have, have got these huge, deep, rich base notes that give them longevity, they yeah. give them substance. Mm. But they've almost been lightened and modernised. It's almost like, for me, I see it as like fragrance going through the the resurgence of things that fashion goes through. Mm. You get kind of recycled things that come back yeah. again, but with a slightly different twist on them. So I think that's kind of super fascinating for me. Oh, great. Well, you'd have to, um, love to have you back and you can tell us about some of the yeah. new things next year. But gosh, it's scary to think that you brands are planning out for 2025, 26 already, but of course they are because all these things take so long to develop, don't they? They do when you put quality and a lot of work in. Yeah. And it takes, there's a while in the development process that definitely brings the quality to the product. Oh, Chris, thank you so much for your time and for hosting me here Pleasure. at the townhouse this afternoon. And um, I'm going to mention some of the products that you talked about in the programme notes so people can find out more about, obviously, the, the Christmas range, but, yeah. but everything that Timeline does. So... Thanks for your time and lovely to see you. Thank you. Huge thanks to Chris for spending time with me this morning. And in fact, thanks to the whole Joe Malone London team at the townhouse. They were so helpful and accommodating um, when I was doing the podcast. So I really appreciate it. I hope it came across. I mean, it was certainly clear to me how much Chris loves his role and, and loves the job at Joe Malone London. And I guess who wouldn't, you know, getting to travel the world and you know work as an educator with all the in-store teams at Joe Malone London but um yeah I was really struck by that wide-ranging nature of that of that conversation and particularly actually what Chris was saying about mental health both you know what the brand does externally I suppose with shining a light on children's mental health the work they do with UNICEF and the charity candles but equally you know, how they support their own staff. And it was great to hear how Chris felt supported when um, he was having his own mental health struggles and, and how the brand helped him. So that was really great to hear. On a lighter note, obviously talking about Christmas, now it's November and all the great things that the brand has in store. There's the uh, Ginger Biscuit Cologne. For men, there's the Mr Malone Luxury Collection. There's a whole kind of gingerbread theme, so you should definitely check it out on the website. There's so many great gifts for the loved ones in your life, but if you want to get something for yourself, you should definitely have a look at Joe Malone London this Christmas. If you want to find them on Instagram, it's at Joe Malone London. And on the web, it's www.joemalone.co.uk. And of course, if you're lucky enough to live anywhere near an actual Joe Malone London shop, it's the perfect time of year to, to go in store and um, find the perfect gift or find something for yourself. 
If you want to find out more about Man in the Mirror, I am on Instagram at Man in the Mirror Pod. And you can find out more information about previous episodes, previous guests, and I'll tease what's coming up in future episodes. And I'd love you to subscribe to the podcast if you can or give me some stars or reviews. I'd really appreciate it. So thank you to Chris uh, and thank you to you for listening. And I'll see you next time on Man in the Mirror. Take care. Mm -hmm.